Welcome everyone to Taxes Made Simple, the only podcast that explains the tax issues that every entrepreneur and investor needs to know, as well as the latest tax changes, all in plain English. My name is Justin Kern. I'm joined by my co-host, Chase Berkey, who's a personal friend of mine and CEO of Dark Horse CPAs. Chase and I actually started a podcast a couple years back called Taxes and Beer, and I'm really excited to get back in it with him and share with you guys some incredible information that you need to know about any tax changes coming up. Quick note on the format of this podcast, they're meant to be short, sweet, to the point. Every episode is gonna give you exactly what you need to know around any upcoming tax topic that might impact you. And to that end, we have a lot of tax changes that we need to talk about today. And I'm talking about the Joe Biden tax plan. So let's get into it. Chase, good to see you, man. How are you? Great. Uh, it's great to see you too, man. It's been a while. And uh, quite honestly, I wish that I had a beer in front of me right now, but uh, I guess we'll have to go Sands. It's okay. It's okay. We'll have a beer after. But let's, let's dive into this. So I've heard a bit about the Biden tax plan being bad for people that are making over 400K a year. Is this true? And can you elaborate a little bit? Unfortunately, it is true. Uh, so if you're making over 400K, it's not going to be the best time uh, under the tax code uh, as proposed by Biden's new tax plan. So he's talking about increasing social security taxes. Uh, you know, top tax bracket would increase by almost 3%. Uh, itemized deductions are going to be capped. Uh, the qualified business income deduction is going to be phased out, maybe entirely taken away. Uh, so there's a lot of negative tax changes that are coming down the pipe for anyone who has taxable income of 400,000 or more. Well, let's dive into that for the listeners. Okay, well, we'll take it step by step. Um, first, you mentioned social security taxes are going up. How much are they going up? What is the impact? Right, so social security is a 6.2% tax on your wages. And the way that it currently works is that you only pay that tax up to about 137 or 138,000 of wages. Then all of your wages beyond that don't have any of that social security tax on top of it. However, with Joe Biden's tax plan, what we're talking about here is going to create what's called a donut hole where you'll still have that same 6.2% on your first 138k of income. Then there's going to be nothing between 138 and 400, but then after you get above 400k of wages, then that 6.2% kicks back in and goes essentially for unlimited amount of wages. So, you know, once again, if you're above 400,000 in income, you know, it's going to be a painful spot. Also, it's going to hit the employer too, because that 6.2% has an employer component that will kick in as well. So if you're making over 400K, not only are you going to be paying more in social securities taxes, but also your employer is as well. Um, and if you're self-employed, you're going to have to eat both sides of that. So that's going to be a rather painful change, you know, once it comes down the pike uh, that hits anyone earning over 400K. Jeez. Yeah. You know, I, I always thought, I always wondered personally how they were going to keep up with social security payouts. You know, everyone's living a little longer, right? And you're sitting there trying to figure out how to, how to sustain. I guess this is Biden's way of saying, here's how we're going to, you know, backfill all of our social security payouts. Right. right? Okay. Okay. So that's number one. Number two was tax increases. What, what is the increase in the tax rate and what is the impact? Right. So a couple different rates are going to be going up. First and foremost is the individual top tax rate. As I mentioned, for anyone earning over 400K, it's going to jump from 37% to 39.6%. Uh, 
for corporate taxes, which are currently a max tax rate of 21%. That's going to be increasing to 28%. Um, and then another thing that's really going to be thorny for anyone earning, in this case, over a million dollars, so not the 400K mark we've been talking about, but if you're earning over a million dollars, your long-term capital gains, which previously were taxed at a maximum of 23.8%, are going to be taxed as ordinary income, which means that that those long-term capital gains are going to be taxed at up to 39.6%. You know, whereas you know you're talking about a 16% increase from where the current levels are. So this is going to take away a lot of incentives for holding stock for the long term because short term and long term at that income level would be treated the same. I mean, that, that sounds like a substantial impact for a lot of different industries. I mean, I can't imagine being a hedge fund owner and looking at that and thinking that's going to be a good change at all. Right. right. <laughs> Biden, Biden will definitely come for those guys. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, well, that, th those two things sound negative, but let's talk about itemized deductions. There's got to be some, some silver lining there, right? Nope. No silver lining. Unfortunately, I got more bad news here. So, once again, if you're earning over $400,000, uh, the tax benefit of your itemized deductions is going to be hampered uh, by two different provisions, uh, at least as promulgated by this plan. So the first issue is going to be that uh, your tax benefit is going to be capped at 28% for anyone, once again, earning over 400K. So that means that you know where you'd normally get the tax benefit of your marginal tax rate, which if you're, you know, earning over 400K is going to be that 39.6%. So unfortunately, instead of getting that 39.6% benefit for every dollar, you know, that you're itemizing, you're only going to get a 28% benefit. And that's across the board. It's not progressive or anything like that. So you're basically taking an 11% haircut uh, on your itemized deductions. And on top of that, they're talking about reinstating the P's limitation which not a lot of people are familiar with, but essentially what that does is for anyone over a certain income level, it reduces the itemized deduction benefit by 3% for every dollar earned over a certain threshold, which in this case, once again, they chose 400,000. So as an example, if you had $500,000 of taxable income, you're 100,000 over that 400. So 3% of that 100 is $3,000 your itemized deductions are gonna be reduced by, in that case, $3,000 on top of the fact that you're already limited you know, by that 28% limitation I just spoke about. So theoretically, as you're earning more and more, I mean, way above 400,000, you could get to a point where you're not getting any benefit from any itemized deduction if it's gonna reduce by 3%. Yeah, at a certain point, yeah, there's, there's a, uh, you know, a point where you'd actually take the standard deduction because your itemized deductions would totally be uh, negated by that 3%. Okay, well, let's talk about next, the standardized deduction. It's 20% right now, correct? So actually, we're talking about the qualified oh. business income deduction here. But yes, you're right, 20%. And essentially, what's changing here is that once again, if you're making over $400,000, more bad news is that this is going to be phased out. So this is regardless of whether you're a qualified business uh, so even if you're qualified as opposed to specified service, which, you know, is a big debate, 
um, you know, if you're above $400,000 of income, you're going to get phased out. And that's even if you have the salary and wage requirement, as well as, you know, any fixed assets that allowed you to, you know, take that deduction beyond certain income levels, they're going to totally phase that out for people earning over $400,000. Yeah. You know, I learned, I thought about this when we were going through, you know, some of these changes and it really makes you, it really discourages you from, from a goal of trying to earn a certain amount for, you know, your livelihood. You know, at some point you actually get hit so hard that, you know, it's that, that catch 22, you know, you don't want to get that extra $2,000 raise if you're ever at that point because you get taxed so hard once you hit 400 K. Right. I mean, that's, that's the reality. Well, I mean, I would pepper that with, you know, there's very few scenarios, almost no scenarios where, you take home less money by earning a certain dollar more, uh, you know, unless you're in the low income, you know, brackets where there's earned income tax credits and other things that are kind of, you know, more of a binary thing where you either get the support or you get the tax credit or you don't, uh, you know, but for anyone that's earning six figures, generally speaking, I mean, almost across the board, you know, while you might have a bigger tax burden as your income increases, you're never going to be in a worse net of tax position by earning more money. Very positive. <laughs> Very positive. <laughs> had to, had to pepper something in there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that because I'm sweating over here thinking about how I'm ever going to make it work. Okay. Well, that, that was all a lot of negative stuff. There has to be some benefits and, and we've always talked about people making over 400K. What's happening to the people that aren't making 400K a year? Right. So there are a number of positive provisions, you know, that are worth highlighting here. Uh, number one being the child tax credit. That's going to be increasing from $2,000 a child to $3,000. Uh, plus they're throwing in a $600 bonus for any children under the age of six. Another positive uh, tax provision here is first time home buyer tax credit is being reinstated. Uh, and that's going to be good for up to $15,000. Uh, another tax credit related to children is the child and dependent care tax credit. Uh, that under current law is a maximum of $2,100 uh, that you could get if you had enough qualified expenses. Under Biden's tax plan, that would actually increase to up to $8,000. So almost a fourfold increase there. Uh, there would also be a renter tax credit that would be essentially trying to balance uh, what your rent and utilities uh, are to get it to a place where after you take in the tax impact of this credit would be a maximum of 30% of your income. Mm -hmm. uh, one other area too, is that they're talking about a 26% tax credit for contributions to retirement accounts. Uh, and that would be true across the board, which would negatively impact anyone who is at a tax bracket above that amount. Uh, but anyone below that amount is, you know, going to be giving, you know, a hand up uh, with that tax benefit. Well, that sounds positive for individuals. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a lot of kids, it helps right now. <laughs> Indeed it does. Okay, good. Um, so what about businesses? We talked about individuals. Um, you mentioned that the corporate tax rate was going to increase. What other changes may impact businesses under Biden's tax plan? Right. So there's a number of things out there that, don't have a ton of specificity to them, but I'll kind of give you the high level items. You know, some of them I'm not even going to address because, you know, for example, there's a minimum tax rate of 15% for corporations with profits greater than $100 million. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's not too many businesses I know of that have profits of 100 million, maybe revenues, but uh, so we'll, we'll ignore that for the purposes of this conversation. Uh, but one of the things that's in there is 
increase taxes uh, to small businesses for adopting retirement plans. So once again, you know, trying to incentivize uh, the provision of retirement accounts uh, for employees. You mean increase uh, tax credits for small businesses? Exactly. So yeah, the costs yeah, yeah. for administering those plans, you know, are going to generate larger tax credits than they currently do. Got it. Mm -hmm. uh, another area would be um, expanding renewable energy related tax credits. Obviously, that's always a democratic uh, priority. So that's uh, that's in this plan as well. Another area is 10% uh, surtax on corporations that are offshoring jobs, you know, that are creating goods and services that are then sold back to the U.S., uh, obviously there's a lot of businesses that do that to increase their margins. Uh, but you know, the, the policy here that the Biden administration is contemplating is keeping jobs in America, obviously. So on top of that, they're also talking about a 10%, uh, tax credit on goods made in America. Uh, and not only would this be, you know, a refundable tax credit, but it would be an advanced tax credit. So you'd get that before you even filed your tax return. Well, that's nice. So you're, you're producing goods in the U.S. You're going to get a tax credit for that. So you're trying to bring jobs back to the U.S. with that tax credit as well. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's very, that's positive. Yeah. That's very positive. Um, okay. So next on the list is the death tax or inheritance tax. You know, family members pass on what's happening, what's impacting. I know that this is a big pain point for for one party in particular, that they, they, they seem to really want to make sure to triple tax you when someone passes on. So what, what's going on there? Right. So this is only going to get more painful. Uh, so a couple things are happening here. Uh, probably the biggest area, you know, that caught most people's eyes is that the uh, amount of your exemption, you know, from the total value of your estate right now is about $11.5 million dollars. Meaning that if you have an estate that's worth, you know, $11 million, none of it's going to get taxed because it's below the exemption amount. But under Biden's tax plan, that is actually going to revert to 2009 levels at 3.5 million. So in that same scenario where you have, you know, an $11 million estate, uh, you're going to have to actually pay tax on everything above 3.5 million. So 7.5 in that case. And whatever you do have to pay tax on is going to be taxed at 45%. Uh, the current rate is 40%. So that's bumping up by 5%. And a really interesting provision that they're adding in here too, is that for deceased taxpayers that had income of over $400,000, uh, Biden's tax plan would tax any unrealized capital gains at the time of death. And unrealized meaning it's just a paper gain. You know, you haven't actually sold the stock. So that's going to be a big one um, on top of the fact that, you know, you could get above a million dollars easily, which then puts those gains, you know, at that 39.6% tax rate. So between all of these changes, we're talking about an estate tax rate that could get up to 67%, uh, which is almost double the current effective rate for estates. Dive into the unrealized capital gains at the date of death, just, just for two seconds. So I understand that. You're telling me grandpa passes away. He has a million dollars in stock with some company. It doesn't matter. It's just a million dollars in stock. It goes up and down every single day. On the date of death, they look at what the number was that day and they say, you owe us 39% of that amount. Yeah. As it's currently written, that's exactly how it would work. Uh, obviously, you know, if a provision like that came into reality, 
you know, they're going to probably create some nuance where you'll have maybe an alternate valuation date, you know, six months after death or something like that. You know, some of the same provisions that they do with a step up of basis uh, for inherited property. Uh, but the way that they're talking about it right now, what you just said is exactly correct. It just seems like unnecessary stress. Can you imagine having to think about all that once a loved one passes on? What do you have to think about is how you're going to liquidate all their assets today just to make sure you can cover the taxes? Yeah, I mean, we think about that sort of thing all the time. So unfortunately, I can't imagine that. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I hope that right. <laughs> I hope our uh, taxpayers, for the most part, don't. So assuming that there's not some crazy, you know, reversal in the Electoral College and Trump stays in office, um, when are these changes going to affect Right. So that's really a fluid situation right now because uh, the control of the Senate is really going to dictate, you know, the speed and the scope of, you know, how these changes come down the pike. So right now there is a runoff that will be happening on January 5th, I believe, in Georgia. And it's for two Senate seats. And if Democrats were to win both of them, they would control the Senate. If Republicans win just one, then they'll control the Senate. And the reason that's so important is because if the Democrats control the Senate and the House, you know, and the White House, you're going to be talking about, you know, kind of a blank check, uh, as long as they don't have dissent amongst their ranks, you know, to put out all of these uh, tax, you know, provisions that they've been contemplating. However, if Republicans control the Senate, then you're going to see a more delayed, um, as well as, you know, uh, bipartisan sort of tax regime, which that's kind of the best case scenario from our standpoint, because you'll see changes, but they won't be major. Um, and, you know, and they're not going to happen all at once, you know, because they're going to have to have that bipartisan uh, agreement, which, as we know, is a little bit difficult to come by these days. However, you know, to have a Democrat controlled Senate, you know, that's that's going to create massive changes in the tax code that, you know, are going to be negative for anyone of, you know, uh, any sort of affluence uh, or high net worth. So what should these guys be doing right now? There's, there's a little bit of uncertainty. There's a lot of dire information coming up. Um, you're making 400K a year right now or more. What should you be doing? So what we know for sure is the taxes are going up in the future. We just don't know when and you know the, the the total scope and the breadth of those changes so you know our general advice right now is you know play with the tax code you know and if you can push income forward to 2020 you might want to do it as long as it doesn't push you up to brackets that make it you know more painful than it needs to be uh, same thing with deductions if you can defer those de deductions from 2020 to future years you know through things like depreciation you know maybe not taking 100 percent bonus uh, then, you know, you might find yourself in a better spot there because that tax rate could be, you know, meaningfully higher. Uh, so that deduction could mean a lot more at that point. So really, you know, you're just talking about pushing forward taxable income, you know, kind of in all scenarios, uh, because what we know, you know, is that we're just going to have a, you know, higher tax regime going forward. Um, you know, you do want to be careful, though, in terms of, whether you're pushing yourself into a, you know, a level of income that even with a higher tax regime that, you know, would still be more burdensome than it would otherwise, you know, but these are the sorts of conversations that you absolutely need to be having with your CPA, um, you know, and that's 
really kind of the crux of all of this is, you know, being able to run projections, understand, even though we don't know what the future is going to be, you know, this is what it could be today if we, you know, move forward that income, uh, you know, so that you can really run a cost benefit analysis with those numbers. Sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot, but I know you guys, I mean, look, you do this all day. So anybody who works with you is in good hands. Right? There. That, yeah. That's why I'm with you guys. So Absolutely. we have a lot of topics that we are going to dive into in more detail on subsequent podcasts. And we want to make this a weekly thing where we kind of unpack some key components, whether it's for individuals or businesses and their tax planning and, and sort of tax needs and what they can be doing to help even with all the changes coming up, right? Or what you could be doing to help with all the changes coming up, I should say. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of dive in and see what we can, we can come up with. And I know we have some guest hosts that are going to come on too as well. Other members of the, of the Dark Horse team, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So really the, you know, the concept and the format here is going to be for our Dark Horse CPAs who work directly with our clients uh, to share areas of their deep knowledge, uh, you know, for everyone's benefit. And if it's, uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, you'll be able to engage directly with those folks. We'll have all of their contact information available for you. Perfect. Well, we can wrap this one up. Thank you, Chase, for joining. And I'm excited to do this every week. And we'll have some more, I don't know, interesting topics to, to dive into. And, you know, hopefully one of the biggest things I enjoy when I want to, by the way, I'm going to do a little sidetrack here. One of the biggest things I enjoy about working with you guys is the exposure to what other individuals are doing. Obviously not, you know, sharing too much information other than the fact that this is what we're seeing and this is what we can be doing to help. I find that to be one of the most beneficial parts of our relationship. And I'm super excited to share some of those little details with the audience. Absolutely. Well, we love having you as a client. So the feeling is more than mutual. Well, thank you, Chase. I'll let you go. And until next time. And now for the disclaimer, the content in the preceding podcast should not in any way be construed to be tax advice. All tax laws are nuanced and thus are applied to each unique situation differently. Don't be a dummy. Hire a CPA, preferably a dark horse CPA.